Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. anyone didn't have enough of it a couple weeks earlier against the Indianapolis Colts Tennessee Titans staged something of an encore performance Sunday at Nissan Stadium against the Houston Texans once again an overtime loss against a division opponent in a game that ended up in overtime largely because Nick Folk missed a point after during regulation go figure Nick Folk has missed two PATs all season. Both now have resulted in home defeats. The Titans at five and nine officially eliminated from the playoffs and uh and riding off into the sunset this season and uh and they will do so with a new sheriff, at least temporarily it seems. The uh final play for the offense in that game Sunday. Will Levis got bent in about seventeen different directions all at once and ended up with uh, the high ankle sprain, which is the, uh, the the fashionable, shall we say, injury for Titans quarterbacks of late. Um, it is the injury that has twice sidelined Ryan Tannehill in the last year, and, and now the injury that apparently will get Tannehill back in the lineup this Sunday when the Titans host the Seattle Seahawks. We will discuss these things and so much more on this episode of Believe in Titans. And as always, we have Titans corner, former Titans cornerback, Denard Walker. Denard, how are you, sir? Doing good this evening. Yourself, David? Doing great. Thank you. John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, welcome in. Thank you. Appreciate it. And I am David Beauclair. And, uh, as we uh, as we dive into this episode of Believe in Titans, let's uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here too. The Titans on Wednesday signed uh, from the Houston Texans practice squad linebacker Garrett Wallow, a fifth round pick out of TCU in 2021, who has been a role player most of his career. Um, Nick Westbrook Akina, the wide receiver, of course the. Uh, the, the second most productive wide receiver on the roster behind DeAndre Hopkins, although there is a wide gap there, has been placed on injured reserve, meaning he is done for the year. And uh, Caleb Farley, remember him? Remember that name? He is uh, He has been uh, designated for return to practice, which means he – might make it back on the field for a game at, at some point during these last three weeks of the uh, of the regular season. Uh, I, I certainly I, I imagine no one thinks he can be a big boost to a beleaguered secondary, but uh, but I, I guess like uh, as is the case with Will Levis, any snaps you can get, uh, particularly for a guy who has not played a lot of football in his NFL career. Uh, they will be meaningful snaps if he gets them. But uh, but the big news is, I think the uh, the injury to Will Levis, who uh, or let, let me let me start here. Denard, you you said last week, coming off the the big win at Miami, you wanted to see the Titans carry that momentum into Sunday's game. 
the offense takes the ball in their first possession, drive down the field, they get a touchdown. Short time later, the defense scores a touchdown. It's a 13 nothing lead. It's a, it, it, it's kind of exactly what you were looking for, I think. Uh, what, what happened from there that, uh, that, that everything just sort of stalled for the Titans? Well, you got to give it up for Houston. I mean, uh, you know, I, I say this a lot, that field goals keep you in the game and touchdowns is what wins, wins you the games. And Houston just – they just stayed around. I mean, God, what an amazing performance by their field goal kick- kicker, Kyan Fairburn. He had an amazing game. He was the difference maker in this football game. Four big field goals. You're talking about the one that uh, in regulation and overtime, 54-yarder. What about before halftime? Was it a 53-yarder he hit? So, I mean, they just kept chirping away the whole game. And the way Tennessee started out, I've said it with this team, when they start out with a sense of urgency and they start fast, they usually play fast. And that's what happened Sunday. Unfortunately, they just seem to – it's like the momentum shifted. And if you look at the third quarter, I mean, I'm always talking about the third quarter, how you start and how you finish. Let me just say this, David, is that when you look at Tennessee in the first half, they, they outscored uh, the Texans 13-3. to If you look at the second half, Houston outscored Tennessee 13-3. to So it's just like the momentum shifted and the Titans just couldn't recover. And then you just saw this Houston defensive line. I don't know what got inside those guys. I mean, they ended up just, I don't know what happened to Tennessee's offensive line, but the defensive line for Houston just took over. And I thought the defensive line for Tennessee played well as they played great as well. But the problem with this team is just it's momentum. They just seem to can't they can't keep momentum for four quarters. And that's how you uh win in this in this league. You gotta play all four quarters and they didn't do that Sunday. Yeah, Kaimi Fairburn having that game coming off injured reserve too. I mean that was a uh, now he is a veteran kicker who has who's made a lot of kicks in the league, but that was a uh, that was a big time performance for a guy who had uh who had been injured and, and stepped back into action. Of course, the uh, the Texans were playing with a uh, with a backup quarterback of their own in, in Case Keenum, who is, you know, I don't think anybody looks at him as a world beater, but shows the value of a uh, of a good backup quarterback, an experienced guy who has played a lot of football, won some games in this league, and uh, and that brings us to Ryan Tannehill getting uh, getting a chance to get back in there. John is, uh, you know, I, I think we've we've discussed here. Tannehill has handled the situation by all accounts, by all indications, very well. What uh, what do you think we should expect to see from him Sunday as he uh, as he steps back in with this offense? I, I I think we'll see a pretty pretty solid Ryan Tannehill. I'm sure early on there will be some some rust, but you know the the and this is again. If, if Ryan Tannehill plays, it's not for certain. I, I would suspect that'll be the case. I think it'd be tough for Levis to recover, you know, from a from a high ankle sprain in a, in a week. We don't usually see that. But, you know, he's the, a professional. He's always kind of, um, you know, stuck to that mantra. I, I think ever since being demoted, you know, you, you still stick to the, to the idea that prepare like a starter because you never know when you're going to be the starter. Um, and also he's going to have this full practice week, probably, uh, again, if Levis doesn't come around, Ryan's going to have the whole practice week as a, as a first team kind of guy getting those first team reps. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be pretty solid. I mean, 
The decision, uh, I, I thought, though, was a little surprising. You know, Mike Brabel's decision, a little surprising to go with Tannehill uh, over Willis, um, uh, you know, because there's nothing at stake here and and playing Willis might give you a sense, you know, of, of A, how much he has learned potentially since earlier in the season, B, if the if he is a viable option next year, even as a QB two. So so I thought the decision to me, you know, says maybe one of of a few different types of options. One, uh, you know, Rabel simply wants to uh to to win the game, basically. That's why you play. So he's going to send the best guy out there. That's one possibility. Two, maybe Vrabel is a little bit uh, nervous about his own position at the end of the season. If he throws Willis out there and the Titans get hammered at home uh, again, that's not going to help his cause. Maybe third, he knows enough about Willis now, possibly, that you know he doesn't feel he needs to see any more of Willis to, to make up his mind. Uh, you know, looking looking ahead on that on that front, uh, and the only other thing I could possibly consider is that Brabel maybe feels like he owes it and, and wants Tannehill maybe to have a uh, kind of a send off of, of sorts after all he's done over the years for for this Titans team. But you know, if I'm if I'm Ryan Tannehill, I'm 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 certainly going to go right in there and start. But at the same time, aren't you a little bit in the back of your mind saying, "Geez, great! Oh oh boy, I get to start. I get to go out in front of this." Or behind this great offensive line, uh, and then maybe get hammered a few times before I'm trying to get a new contract in the off season. So maybe a little some, some concerns on on Brian Tannehill's part of the back of his mind, but he's the kind of pro who's certainly going to go out there and step up to the plate. So, so what about it, Denard? Do you think this was uh, this was a a long discussion, a lot of thought involved in the coaching staff, or was this an easy decision to to say, no, if well, if Levis doesn't play, it's it's obviously Tannehill. I think it was an easy decision, but if I'm Ron Tannehill and I'm looking at Will Levis right now in the training room, I'm probably rethinking if I want to play Sunday. After <laughs> 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 way this offensive line plays Sunday, what was it, seven sacks? Seven sacks, right. yes. I would be like, you know what, you need to give Malik a chance to prove himself. He hasn't got a chance to get much experience. I would be... I mean, I would be on the side of Malik right now. And like we talked about earlier, Ron is looking for a new beginning. He's looking for a new contract. He's not trying to go and play in front of an offensive line that gave up seven sacks. And you're probably looking at Will right now in the training room with probably a boot on his leg or some ice. And stuff. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. It's just um, right now there's a lot of holes in this team. Uh, I would probably go with Malik. I would just want to see how would he perform these last three games and see if he is worth, you know, um, consideration going into 2024 i mean this can be an evaluation for him rather than ryan yeah i i would suspect the the thinking in that building right now is that uh that the titans are going to want a veteran of some sort you know a case keenum type if you will to back up uh to back up will levis next year because you know it, it kind of harkens back to the early days with steve mcnair where you had uh where you had dave craig in there for a couple of years who was what 39 40 years old when he was with those titans for two years but the but the you know the the thinking was very much that that we need to get mcnair 
every practice snap we possibly can. And, and, you know, Dave Craig is a guy who, who has seen it, done it. We don't need to, you know, he, he doesn't need a lot of practice reps to, to be ready to step in a game and play. And I, and I think that's probably going to be the same thinking here. So even if, even if Malik Willis can be a productive guy, I, I don't know that, that he is what this team wants as a, uh, as a second quarterback for them I I do think if they felt like he could get some things done and maybe maybe this is the time you know I've been calling for this all year put in some packages for him let's run some pistol let's run some wildcat let's uh let let, let's just see what uh see what he can do with his unique physical skills and and maybe do something to to create interest in a trade for him this offseason because my guess is that his trade value is is minimal at, at best right now and they may end up just having to cut him because it, it's clear they don't they don't have a lot of trust in him a lot a lot of faith in him and uh uh you know but you know he he may just end up carrying the clipboard for the next 3 days i i or 3 weeks i i would expect Ryan Tannehill to make a few, we'll call them business decisions, and uh, and and get the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible this week and uh, in the coming games. As much as he plays, you know, it, it'll be one of those first guy gets open, that's where the ball's going. I'm not waiting for anybody to get open downfield. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, you can you can run your deep post or or uh, Traylon Burks, you can run the go. That's great. But if uh, if I see a slot receiver getting open or or Chigo Conquo running a a 3 yard out and and he's open, I'm getting him the ball and getting the getting it out of my hands because uh because this this offensive line certainly is is not getting better as it goes, and, and I think I think part of the problem there is, you know, Jalen Duncan's played a few games now. Dylan Radens has played a few games on the right side. The opposing coaches see tendencies, they see weaknesses, they see things they can exploit, and uh, and certainly the Texans seemed to uh, to do that on Sunday and, and, and it wasn't just issues in the passing game, right? I mean, Derrick Henry had a disastrous performance with 16 carries for nine yards. And uh, I mean, keep in mind, Houston is a team he has terrorized throughout his career. And and in this one, he never, ever got goings. Uh, He was asked after the game about, uh, uh, about whether he thinks this could be the beginning of the end here, this final stretch of of his days with the Titans, and he conceded that uh, that that is the uh, you know he has started to think about those sorts of things. You know, John, did 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 we see a running back Sunday who is in full decline and a guy from whom the Titans need to move on, or was this just a a particularly bad game all around for an offensive line that has had its struggles this year? I think there's probably uh, some of both there. Um, I, I would say, you know, and I, I, I feel like I've, I've wavered back and forth on this idea of Henry with the Titans in the in the future. And uh, I think most recently, when we talked about this a number of weeks ago, I, I kind of leaned towards maybe he, he you know, he, he does have a spot for next year. Well, maybe it's recency bias or whatever, but I'm back on the other side of the the fence right now. I, I, I don't see. Henry uh, back unless they can get him for a very suitable uh, contract, um, you know, because basically right now 
I, I don't think Derrick Henry's bringing a, a ton to the table. Now, am I blaming Derrick Henry for all of the fact that he only had nine yards on 16 carries? No. I, I say it's much more on the offensive line than it is on, on Derrick Henry. Um, uh, you know, for instance, a stat that supports that, you know, Derrick Henry had 27 yards after contact in that game just to get to 16 yards overall. Kind of gives you an idea of what he was dealing with. But uh, as, you, as you look at some of the, the other numbers, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure that, that Derrick Henry is the difference maker, you know, that, that he once was. Um, you know, some of the basic numbers, we've only seen him go over 100 yards three times so far this year. You compare that even to last year, uh, another bad offensive line that he was behind. He went over uh, um, 100 yards nine times last year behind the, the crummy offensive line. Uh, five games this year, he hasn't hit 40 yards, uh, you know, which is very on Derrick Henry-like. And then you look at maybe some of the uh, – uh, well, well, first of all, yards per carry, basic yards per carry. He's now at 3.8, um, which is certainly is his low career and, you know, about a, a full yard below is his career um, average right now. And then maybe a few of the other analytics numbers come to mind, too. His, uh, his, his yards gained over expected per attempt is virtually nothing, uh, which more or less says he's been an average back this year. His yards are after contact, which is still high, but for Derrick Henry, they're the lowest of his career. Uh, and maybe one other one, uh, missed tackles forced. Um, Derrick Henry, again, is, uh, I think, the second lowest of his career on that, uh, a full tackle less per game uh, that, he is, um, that he is not forced to miss, if you will, than he, than he did last year. So, I see some gradual decline. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is done, but I do think that the Titans can probably find another guy who can run for about four yards per game, you know, and, and Derrick Henry just isn't getting the explosive runs that we have seen before. And I just don't see the trade-off being uh, being worth it right now. You know, the, the number of negative yardage runs or short or stuffed runs, I don't know if the trade-off now um, and, and getting those big explosive runs is is enough to to merit another contract, especially if Derrick Henry isn't willing to take a significant pay cut uh, moving forward. Yeah, you know, on the on the plus side for Henry, before Sunday, he had had three straight games with two rushing touchdowns each. He's uh, he, he's one of a a few running backs or, or players in the league this year with at least ten rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, you know he's still a guy who can who can get you those most meaningful yards uh at the end of the drives when you need them uh i i think you know i have said i think i, I think will levis's style of play suits mike vrabel's offensive eye and that he likes defenses coming up to try and stop the run throw the ball over the top of them you know henry can conceivably be that you know, can continue to be that guy for this team he, he but he's certainly a guy who needs help to do it nowadays but but you also have to wonder when you look at the way that this team uses Tajay Spears and and the tough physical running he does when they do hand him the ball will they look for a complimentary piece for Spears or do they want to try and find another guy like that 
and and just have a very consistent offensive approach that uh, that you don't know what's going to happen regardless of which back is in the game. That's that's going to be kind of interesting to me to watch as as we get into the off season and and try and just decipher this team's thinking. Uh, you know, Denard, as you watched Derrick Henry on Sunday, did did you see a guy who suddenly looks a lot older, or, or was it all on on the offensive line in in your mind? It's both. It's a combination of both. Uh, it just looked like the running game was abysmal Sunday. I mean, if you look at Houston's running game, it, it just look how look how Singletary how he hit those holes. And I no mean, one has ever confused Derrick Henry and uh, Devin Singletary. By the yeah, way, no you one. know, yeah, mean, absolutely. The, the, you know, yeah. And what we're accustomed to seeing by the last few years is the the game that Devin Singletary had Sunday against Tennessee is what we've seen from Derek in the past against this Houston team. I mean, he absolutely was dominating. And you and when you look at the king, I mean, he's still the king to me, but he looked a step uh, slower. I mean, it just the way that he hit the holes. A lot of time they were not open. And you got to give it up for this Houston front. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's, it, it, listen, that's his pedigree is defense. Uh, if you look at this teams as units in San Francisco, they were good and they were solid. And you know, we talked about Houston coming into this game. One of the things that I've mentioned to on a radio show was it's not Houston's front. That's the problem, especially talking about their interior. I mean, look at what they did to Zach Wilson in that running game. They got to Zach Wilson four times last week, and then they end up getting to uh, Will seven times and put him out of the game. So you imagine if you got a defensive front that's dominant, they absolutely, what they did do well is they took the running game. Uh, and, they, and I'm talking about Houston's front. They came into Nashville. Their main thing was to take the running game away. And that's exactly what they did. And they made Tennessee one dimensional and they made some Tennessee made some plays a few times in the passing game, especially in the first half, but the second half, Give it up for Houston secondary. That was a secondary that got torched a week ago in New York. I mean, they gave up. Zach Wilson had over 300 yards passing. We're talking about Zach Wilson. And, and look at what they did against Will. They, I mean, they held their own. I mean, you're talking about they got a key interception. Uh, and, and they have, they, I mean, listen, Houston played well. You got to give it some credit to Houston defense. They came to play Sunday. Yeah, it, it feels to me, and, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but uh... – but assuming Mike Vrabel gets the Titans back to being what we've seen the last few years, and, and let's assume that that's going to happen in the next year or two, that they, you know, they get back to playing the type of, of Titans football we've seen. It feels like D'Amico Ryans is a very similar personality and, and certainly has a similar resume and whatnot. And, uh, and, and I can't help but think that these Titans Texans games in, 2025 maybe 2024 but 2025 26 whatever going forward are going to become really physical affairs because uh it it just seems these two guys are 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 going to demand that of their teams and and create a uh you know create a a a sort of rivalry that uh you know certainly the 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 throwback uniforms kind of made the day a little more interesting than it might have been otherwise and uh it, it it just I, I think I think that De, what D'Amico Ryan's potentially will do in Houston, very similar to what Mike Vrabel has done, and the, and they get it they get it rolling at the same time. I I think it could become come some really compelling football here going forward. We uh, 
we continue to uh, we continue to sort of spin everything forward because the uh, you know the the off season is uh, is quickly becoming the most interesting part of this team at the moment. Uh, we mentioned Ryan Tannehill is is playing for a new contract here the next couple of weeks. Derrick Henry is is in the final weeks of his contract. Uh, They've got a, a a number of other uh, a number of other guys though who are uh, who are going to be looking for jobs or looking for a new contract this off season. Among them, Danico Autry, who uh, you know, Denard, you talked about the the Titans' defensive front Sunday. Danico Autry just keeps doing it over and over again. Um, he he's he's going to be at at thirty three years old right now. He's I think he's going to be in demand. You've got uh, you've got Aaron Brewer, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Aziz Alshire, Christian Fulton, Chris Hubbard, who was a revelation this year. Chris Moore, who has been a uh, a big play guy for the offense. Nick Westbrook Aquina, who I mentioned his his season is done. Uh, uh, John, as as I run down this list, is there a you know who who among them do the Titans need to try and get back in here? I you know I think it would be great if they you know they they've got plenty of money under the cap for next year certainly. Um, I, I think you know uh, another multi year deal for for Autry uh, would be would be outstanding if they can get him for somehow for two years. Great if if they have to pay for three. Uh, you know, I, I still think it's worth it if they can they can make the figures work, uh, um, because despite his age, he, you know, the the numbers are are still there. Uh, um, you know, I think uh, eleven sacks this year it's his, his career best. I'm uh, still going strong. Um, so I'd I'd like to see them go after him. I think uh, Aziz Alshire. Um, you know, at, at last check, uh, he led the team in tackles by about forty or fifty. Um, you know, from the next closest guy. So I think he is worthy of coming back. He's a guy that can play three downs at linebacker. Uh, he's, he's proven his value. That was a good free agent signing. Aaron Brewer, I would I, I would like to come back as maybe a, a, a versatile swing guy, which is what he was before he became the starting sw- center, because we obviously know he can play center and guard and start if necessary. But, you know, I, I would like to see it as as that type of contract for a reduced role and i'm sure brewer will be looking for for starter money whether it's here or or somewhere else um uh, a lesser name uh, morgan cox no reason to say goodbye to morgan cox he keeps he's perfect um and then a few guys sort of came under the the category of maybe for me murphy bunting has been up and down He's been injured a lot though, and and uh, he's injured now again with his hip, and and that's kind of been the story for him the last couple of years, um, you know. So it's a, it's a tough call on him. Uh, also tough because there's not a whole lot of talent cornerback talent on this team. Um, the two receivers, Chris Moore and WI, I I could see them potentially. You know, Chris Moore oddly enough has become like a big play guy, a deep threat guy which we never seem to expect. And there's not much speed in the wide receiver room. And and on the other hand, NWI is like that reliable guy, uh, you know, who, who would be good as like a fifth wide receiver, ideally, or something like that. So those are those are maybes for me. And uh, I didn't see too many else on this list that I would I would definitely keep. Like I said, and now I'm, I'm kind of thinking, 
you know, it's time to move on from Henry. Then Tannehill moves on. Fulton, Jack Gibbons, and and some of the others on that list. I, I think, um, you know, I, I would see moving on. Uh, the Titans moving on from next year. Yeah, I mean, this team's guaranteed a losing record. Best case scenario at this at this rate is eight and nine. They are they are the last place team in the division three games behind everybody else who are all tied for first, by the way, uh, a fascinating development there. Uh, you know, you can't look at this roster and say it's good enough. Certainly Danico Autry is a player who is good enough. And, uh, and, and the fact that he's played as well as he has the last couple of weeks without Jeffrey Simmons being out there is, uh, is really telling too, uh, in terms of, his value and his contributions to this team. I, I think he, you know, as much as he's been a, a, a good player for this team and, and a good story and, and a guy that you like and a guy you can count on. Like, I think you have to get better than Nick Westbrook Aquina. I'm with you, John. I, I had the exact same thought about Aaron Brewer that, uh, you know, Brewers, Brewers, a guy you like as a, as a backup, but I don't know that you like him as much as a starter, uh, for 17 games, it, it, you know, he just, uh, he's just not quite big enough and strong enough. We all know he's, he's competitive enough, but is that enough? I, I, I think it's clear Christian Fulton's going to be moving on. Um, and Chris Moore is the guy who is really interesting to me. Seems like he understands what his role is. It, it, it's a valuable role, if not a huge role in this offense. You bring him back in the same role at, at rep, you know, representative money. That's uh, that's good with me, but but most of the rest of those guys, I, I think you have to uh, you have to move on from. Did Denard for the for these guys who are in the the final years of this contract, how how much will that be on their minds here these last couple of weeks? Are they are they playing to put good film out there? Are they playing to stay safe and healthy? Are they? Uh, uh, you know what? What do you what do you think in your experiences is the most common approach for guys like that? Oh well, I didn't really think about it <clears throat> to be honest with you. Um, you kind of let your your play speak for itself, and you do that over over the course of a season. So you don't wait because it's the you know last three weeks of the season and you have a losing record, and you're saying to yourself you're a free agent. You know so your body of work is what's going to get you paid in this league. That's just the way it works. And if it's not with Tennessee, it will be with someone else. And let me just kind of piggyback on you, John. Yeah. There's there's one name when you talk about Danico Autry and he's being 33 years old. He's getting better. I mean, he's kind of yeah, – he's getting – I it's, mean, that's It's stunning, yeah. He's getting yeah. better. He's getting better with age. And the way that he played Sunday, you know, sometimes I'm always – you know, stats are misleading. It's not so much of the sacks, but it's just his presence on the field. You can tell when he's in the lineup and you can tell when he's out. And he makes a huge difference when he's in. He makes a huge impact on that defense when he's in the game. I would love to see Tennessee. They got to do something to keep him in Nashville for a few more years. Yeah, and 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 it's not just he's playing well. I mean, we've talked about it. He's a guy who can line up at what? five different spots right. maybe the during the course of a game and, and be good at all of them. It's uh it, it's a, it's a remarkable thing to see with him. And uh, uh, you know, if as good as Derrick Henry has been, uh, you know, as much as Ryan Tannehill has meant to this team, I think we know Ryan Tannehill is going I, I you know, I think Autry is the number one name on that list that you say, this guy, 
has to be back and uh and you know we'll we'll see what happens but he he was he was asked about uh about his place or i guess today on wednesday and said he he very much likes it here and once you know but everybody kind of says that at this time we'll we'll see how it goes but i uh it's funny i i dropped in with our friends that believe in uh the believe network with the seahawks the uh the 12th 12th something is their podcast there um and those folks are terrified of facing the titans they are you know they are they they don't feel like their run defense is uh is is great and they and that Derrick Henry could potentially have a huge game you know they've got questions about quarter about who's going to play quarterback for them too uh Geno Smith has been hurting Drew Locke played Monday night against the Eagles but it's fascinating to me the Seahawks are coming into town very much the way the Titans came back from Miami last week off a Monday night game short week big comeback at the end of the game a lot of positive vibes bringing a lot of momentum into the game um John, as you look at this, is uh, you know, can can the Seahawks kind of start the way the Titans did? Should the Seahawks be thinking about starting the way the Titans did? And only you know, will and if they do, will they be able to to maintain a little bit better Sunday and uh, and maybe dominate the Titans to a certain degree? Or or are we going to see more good football from you know the Nissan Stadium version of the Titans that we have seen most of this year? Yeah, boy, it's a it's it's a tough one to say. Um, I I, I uh, we we've talked about Derrick Henry, we've talked about the running game, you know, and and we've talked about the fact that some of the the teams, you know, like Houston, Jacksonville, that that Derrick Henry and the running game have dominated in the past. It just hasn't been the same this year. Um, you know, not not even close. So despite the the Seahawks' concerns there, you know, I. I, I think uh, you know, as we've seen most of the time this year, they're going to win that that aspect of the uh, of the line of scrimmage. Most likely, their defensive line is still going to be better than the than the Titans' offensive line, uh, you know. And and I think it's going to come down uh, for the Titans as it so often has over the past couple of years. If you can scrape and and claw and scratch and find a way to get uh, twenty points, you know, maybe you you, you give yourself a decent chance. Uh, if not, especially with the return of Geno Smith, um, I, I figure the the Seahawks will will probably be the uh, the better of the teams. Titans are a team that that would love to spoil teams' playoff hopes. They talked about that a little today, coming down the stretch. Um, but I, I think oftentimes a lot of teams that are in situations like that, you start out with a lot of motivations. Oh, this is going to be great! You know, we're we're going to spoil everybody's hopes. And if if things start to, to fall the wrong way in the in the game. You know, it's difficult to keep that same motivation. I think so. I don't know. I, I think I uh, I have a tough time uh, seeing the the Titans pulling one off on Sunday. Denard, how do you see this game shaping up, and uh, and how do you feel about the Titans' chances? I think the Titans uh, this past Sunday, David, the way they came out, they were on fire. I thought, okay, this is team. They're going to build off of last week's performance, and it just seemed like they deflated uh, in the second half. In Seattle, there's a sense of urgency. This is a team that are fighting for their playoff lives. They're seven and seven. So they know they got to win this game. They're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. And they're bringing in, again, 
We, who's it, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Drew Locke or is it going to be Geno Smith? Uh, Sunday? I think it's going to be G- Geno practice today for the first time since the so, injury. You I know, think, Geno's so. going to be hungry. He needs to get going. They need to get that offense rolling. You got DK, DK Metcalf. Uh, they got a great secondary in Seattle. These guys can play. I think Seattle's going to win this game. I just think Tennessee right now, the, it just seemed like they're deflated after Sunday. If they could have won Sunday, I think they could have built – you know, a little bit of they could have brought a little bit more momentum into this game. But I think that loss to Houston is so demoralizing to this organization right now. Yeah, all, all I can think about is that Colts game a couple of weeks ago and how Alec Pierce got open, wide open, deep twice. And then you look at the, the Seahawks and they've got uh, Tyler Lockett and they've got DK Metcalf and they've got Jackson Smith Najigba, all of whom are much better than Alec Pierce and can get open deep. But I, 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 I fear a couple of big plays given up by that defense are going to be, is going to be the difference in this game and, and the Titans fall short again. But uh we of course will be watching and we will be back next week to talk about it until then. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy whatever you all celebrate out there. We are uh, we are thankful you join us here every week on Believe in Titans, and we will be back for the next one next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.